presented by the Common Sense Institute. Welcome to Common Sense Digest, the podcast that seeks to inject a little common sense into Colorado's policy discussion. Here's your host, Earl Wright. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Common Sense Digest podcast. My name is Kelly Caulfield, and I'm the executive director of the Common Sense Institute. I'm your host today, filling in for Common Sense board member and co-founder Earl Wright. Thank you for joining us today. Colorado boasts a wide array of natural beauty and tourist attractions, which attracts millions of visitors to the state every year. Just a few months ago, the Common Sense Institute issued a report totaling the contribution of the sports, recreation, and tourism sector to Colorado's GDP in 2022. This totaled a contribution of $60 billion, or 14% of Colorado's GDP. Another number worth noting, CSI also calculated what was the total personal income supported by this vibrant sector, and that was $34.8 billion. And just recently, just last week, actually, CSI was excited to release a study quantifying the economic impacts of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour for her two-night stay here in the Mile High City. Our economists estimated a contribution of $140 million in GDP just from those two concerts. But there is so much more to discuss today about the economic vitality of Denver. And I have two experts here, and I'm so excited to introduce them. First, I have Kyle Dyer. She is the host of Colorado Inside Out, the state's longest-running public affairs TV show. She spent two decades at the Denver TV station before leaving in 2016 to launch her own storytelling production business. And hopefully many of you all have already seen her new documentary, When Colorado Went Major League, just released two weeks ago, I believe, telling the story of the Colorado Rockies arriving to the Mile High City in 93. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you so much. I'm also joined by Richard Scharf, president and CEO of Visit Denver. This organization is over 110 years old and is responsible for bringing in conventions and tourists to the Mile High City for the economic benefit of Denver, our partners, and the community. He has been the president and CEO of Visit Denver since March 2004, managing a staff of over 60 associates. Welcome to both of you to CSI's podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You heard me talk about Common Sense's most recent economic studies, looking at the tourism sector, looking at Taylor Swift. But I just want to start with a simple question. Tourism is obviously a big part of Colorado's identity. A question for each of you. What do you think makes Colorado such a special place for tourists? Yeah, I would, it's certainly no exaggeration to think that um, Colorado has hundreds of things to do. Obviously, I'm uh, probably well known for all of our outdoor activities, whether it's hiking, biking, river rafting, um, you know, so that that is a big allure. I know, um, according to the state, um, Colorado always ranks in the top five of dream vacation states in the country. So as you can imagine, those states like California, Florida, Hawaii, you know, Colorado, those are or those are the states that, you know, people think about when you think about vacations. So, um, you know, that there's a there's a great allure of skiing and all the things that you can do. But I think what people have found, too, is that Denver kind of offers that best of both worlds as well. So you've got a you've got a great city at the base of the Rocky Mountains, also considered kind of an outdoor city. Um, with a lot of great amenities. So I think 
that combination of city and mountains um, and all things to do really has made Colorado a special place for, uh, you know, for a tourist. And, and I think it really depends on what age group you ask, right? I am in the world of Taylor Swiftum because I had houseful of girls a couple weeks ago who flew in from out of the state to go see Taylor Swift both nights. And then this week, I have another out-of-state college girl coming to our house to see another concert at Red Rocks. Uh, last year, I had a boy stay here on his way to an Outward Bound program. You know, I think of destination weddings that I've had so many friends come in for. You know, aside from the obvious, you know, the hiking and the biking and the skiing, there are these so many niche attractions. You know, it could be regional where people want to come see the great productions at D- DCPA. I mean, we have so much to offer in Denver and all of Colorado. Maybe like the musical uh, venues up in the high country and the bluegrass festival and Telluride, you name it. We have like an abundance of attractions. Kyle, you're hired. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you know, you, you, you touched on a lot of things. You know, when you look at Red Rocks, 30 to 40% of the people that go to a concert there are from out of state it becomes kind of a bucket list. We always used to joke around that if Denver was to be, um, I guess, blown off the map today, what could you not replace? Red Rocks. And so, you know, you take those type of venues and those things that are unique to us, it really makes a great attraction. And destination weddings and the fact that we're really, we are really the um, cultural hub of the Rocky Mountain region. So, if you want sports and entertainment and dining and shopping, we're we're really the place. Uh, so you make a lot of great points of of really um, the best of both worlds. Yeah, uh, and so much to see and do. We are so lucky to live here, right? Let, let's keep talking about you know the benefits to Colorado. You know, I talked about Common Sense Institute's report quantifying contributions to gross domestic product, but help that come alive a little bit more. You know, what what other benefits are are you seeing the state really reap from its tourism industry? No, you know, it's it's interesting that if you just think about it, you know, visitors make their money somewhere else, and then they come to our state or our city uh, or towns or community, and they spend it there. It's, It's really an export if you think about it. It's one of the, in fact, across the world, it's the largest, one of the largest export industries. So if you just think about that, what does it do? Well, people spend their money so that's your economic impact that they generate. It creates jobs. And we know we are really an in-person business, if you think about it. I mean, I think we're, you know, yes, we might have to tag our own luggage at the airport nowadays, but the reality is we're still an in-person business. And then on top of it, visitors pay taxes that we don't have to pay as residents. Um, we, I know the state's done their studies, at least in Denver. If we took tourism out of our economy, each household would have to pay an additional $1,500 a year to have the same benefits and services that we have here today. Um, there's so many great things. And then the other thing is when I moved to Colorado, geez, I'm gonna say 40 years ago, so I'm kind of, I, I consider myself a little bit of a native. Um, but or a local, I should say. But when I moved here, you know, restaurants weren't open on a Sunday night. And um, I remember when Senator Hickenlooper sat on our board, he used to say, 70% of my visitors were locals, but it's the last 30% that made or broke my year. And those were the tourists. And, and so I think there's, you know, a lot of benefits 
Um, Kyle's done a lot of work with the Rockies, but the, the, the beauty of bringing in visitor attractions and things to see and do, it's great for visitors and it's great for residents. We get to reap the benefits of, of some of those businesses that actually cater to visitors as well. That's great, Richard. And thank you for sharing that $1,500 figure. That's really powerful. The benefits of, of tourism, very abundant. Kaya, what would you add? Well, you know, so since I'm not a fact and figure girl in storytelling, I always tell people it, it's really not, you know, the facts and figures in a story that you might remember, you know, next week, a month from now. What you remember is how you felt. I always say our brain isn't hardwired to remember stats for too long, but we remember emotion. And so I feel like there are a lot of emotional benefits, right, for the visitor here. They may not remember every little thing they went, but they remember how they felt. And, and I correlate that to with, with the Rockies documentary. When you go to a baseball game, you don't remember really down the road who you saw, who scored the home run. You remember who you were with. And you remember how you would felt, right? And I and I think that's probably true with the concerts of last the last couple of weeks. The what you feel is what you take away. And I feel like Denver has so much to offer that the emotional benefit for the visitor is huge. And then of course the economic impact for us here in Colorado is huge as well. That makes us happy as well. <laughs> and and really because in Denver we we focus on you know a couple different visitors. So we're focused on obviously the, the tourists, but we're also focused on the convention side. And if you think about the value of the conventioneers, and we work very closely with the chamber and the partnership, but you know when you bring these groups in, uh, and they and they have leaders from all over the world in here, and they're cross pollinating with our industries, it really creates some more economic development down the road. You know, it's it's a, the ability to grow our own companies and our own workforce. So. There's a lot of added benefit with the type of what I would call the business or convention visitors as well. We work with the chamber on their clusters. So as they have certain clusters in aerospace or whatever, we have a lot of conventions in aerospace. So again, there's a lot of cross-pollination, a lot of creatives and experts in our city all at one time. And uh, and I, I think that helps with jobs and economic impact as well. Yeah, that vibrancy is awesome. Let's move on to sports. I've heard both of you all reference sports. We know Coloradans love that sector, and I think that's reflected by a lot of things. But I would add that Denver is the continent's least populous city with teams in all five major professional sports leagues. Isn't that something? So here's my question. How does this love of sports that Coloradans have, how does that impact the state's tourism sector? Why don't we start with you, Kyle, as I know you've recently showcased this topic. Well, yeah, but I will get to that in a, in a second, the Rockies, but oh my gosh, the Nuggets, and then <laughs> last year, the Avalanche. I remember seeing stories of people who flew in from out of the country to go and see some of the NBA Finals games. We were in Paris, and our our tour guide asked us all about the Nuggets because they had just won. He was so excited. You know, it's just so funny. I mean, we we feel like, oh, this is our team. But no, people want to be, they want to be a part of what we have here in Denver with our sports teams. And the same is true. Last, I started shooting uh, when Colorado went major league um, last August. And we would be out of course field shooting interviews and we would see all the the tours going through. And so I got to know some of the tour guys and like you were saying, Richard, so many of the people who come to Coors Field to take a tour are from out of state and out of the country. 
but they hear about it and they want to come and see what it's like. It's really something. I mean, we do have such an amazing sports city. I, I, I think a lot of people are drawn to us to live here if they're sports nut and even just one of the five sports you mentioned, or they just want to come and experience what we have. Yeah, just along the same lines of what Kyle's talking about, you know, I know the World um, uh, Tourism Organization says that it's it's probably one of the fastest growing segments of tourism. And so, you know, whether you're a spectator or just think about on 4th of July where we have all these kids flying in, um, you know, to play soccer, you know, all over our metro area or whatever, there's participatory sports, there's spectator sports. What, what did they say? I know the Broncos, I think, have um, season ticket holders in almost all 50 states. You know, so it kind of tells you about, you know, the love. You you look at the um, the tourism demand. So typically 60% of all visitors come in in the summer, as you can imagine. So the Rockies are one of the um, special places for people to not only experience Lodo in Denver, but a great game at a reasonable price. And so you just look at um, the exposure we get. And Kyle, you coming out of the media industry know the value of unpaid press, right? So, you know, I I know that uh, when we helped uh, with all the parades, I I remember uh, our team collected about $7 million of free press about Denver just because of the parade. So just think about the kind of press they were getting worldwide as they were making their run and hitting that historic first time they, the Nuggets won in 46 years or something like that. They were getting all this unbelievable press. And then often we have players from, that, are, that grew up around the world, right? We have baseball players from Japan, or, we, or have, we have the Joker. And it's amazing the type of following that you get um, you know, from a lot of the you know, baseball hubs like in Mexico and that. And, and now we see the Broncos playing down in Mexico. And, and the NBA and the NFL all expanding around the world. So it, it's, it's a pretty amazing shot in the arm in the economy. Um, and again, I think the most important thing is our locals get to experience it and enjoy it. When we book, for example, the one thing about sports I like is that they all have venues and then we get to repurpose the venues, right? So the Broncos play one night and then Taylor Swift's in there the next night. The Rockies play one night at Coors Field and the Eagles are there playing that night. So we get this added extra economic impact as a result of their venues as well. And I know when we had Gold Cup soccer over at um, Empower, we had 50,000 people and more than 20,000 were from out of state. Again, the economic impact, paying, you know, creating jobs, paying taxes. So it's, it's really a fat sports is really fascinating, I think, on all different levels. Richard, thanks for sharing the, the globalization of, of sports and the benefits that brings back to the local economy. I don't think a lot of us think about the benefits of, of that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, we actually, you know, when some of these teams come in, you know, we really work in Kyle, you, you live this industry uh, for a long time. But, you know, we work with them on the B-roll. We want to make sure that when they're panning the shots. Uh, that they're seeing the best at Denver. So you can imagine somebody watching, you know, from Europe is seeing kind of the best skyline shots of Denver. Now, I will tell you, when the Broncos play on Monday Night Football in October, Melanie Mills with Ski Country is hoping for snow. I'm hoping for sun. So we always have a kind of a fun, um, I, I want people to see great weather in Denver and she wants people to see us getting snowed on. 
so that she has a strong ski season. But, um, you know, Kyle, you know how that is with the media is really kind of give them the best assets so that they can better promote who we are. You know, I thought it was really interesting during the NBA finals. They were showing they were showing snow because we had so much late snow in the mountains. They were showing so many shots of Colorado. And I feel like they had like one shot of Miami, you know, I mean, like, or, you know, they just they were showing because we have so much to show. And yes, any kind of little snippet is golden, right? And any little mention is awesome. You know, I, I feel like our views are spectacular. And, you know, I feel like any photographer is always, or director is looking for that beauty shot. Yep, absolutely. So Kyle, let's go back to you. We've talked about the Rockies a little bit. I think all of our listeners are probably hungry to learn a little bit more about your recent documentary, When Colorado Went Major League. Help us understand the impact that the Rockies had on downtown Denver when the team was established. So we had baseball in Denver for as long as Denver's been around. Our first documented baseball game was in 1861. And the funny thing is, the original stadium was basically where the city and county building is. It was right across. Across from the Capitol, and it moved around quite a bit, kind of where Denver Health was, and then there was um, the big stadium that a lot of people maybe remember, our Merchants Park, which is down by I twenty five, the Design Center, that around that area. That was our our kind of our go to place until the sixties, when the man who owned the Bears wanted to get a nicer stadium to get bigger crowds, right? So we built it over where the old mile high, where mile high is now, but over in that area. So that's how we ended up over there. And, you know, this town had this minor league team forever, the Bears, and and people came and watched. We were the farm team for the Yankees. So like Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, they were coming to town. And there was such a desire back then for a major league team, right? And that continued in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And finally, like when Federico Pena became our mayor. You know, he was like, people were really like, why don't we have Major League Baseball? So you actually made it one of his position papers when he was running for office. And when he got going, they kind of made it serious and kept meeting with Major League. But they're like, listen, Denver, you're in the middle of nowhere. You've gone through two recessions in the 80s. Your minor league team plays in a football stadium. Goodbye. Right. Like, call us when you grow up kind of thing. And but the people back then, like Federica and so many other people. They didn't say take no. They kept thinking about, well, we got to convince them and show them how great Denver is. Again, the economy at this time, late 80s, more people were moving out of Denver in 1985 than moving into Denver. You know, early 90s, we had led the nation in foreclosure rates. It was not a great time. The story that I tell is how Neil Macy, a man who was a real estate developer, thought after that SCFD tax passed, one cent for $10 to support the museums, the zoo, and all that, if people would vote for that when times are tough, maybe they would vote for a new baseball stadium. Because that's what Major League said. If you've got a new stadium, we'll consider you. And so they kind of worked it. He found Kathy Williams, who sponsored the bill in the legislature. It was not supposed to pass the legislature, this whole idea, because there were a lot of no tax conservatives. They're like, no, why should we ask people to tax themselves? But it passed, which meant then the six county metro area would vote on this one cent for $10 was not supposed to pass. And you know what? Denver voted it down. Adams County voted it down. But it did so well in Arapahoe, Douglas, Boulder and Jefferson that it passed. Right. So which said to Major League, hey. If you say yes to Denver, 
we're going to build a new stadium. And it was in that year, it was in July of 1991, that they said yes. And really, for even I've talked to the people who own properties down in Lodo. We all know, or maybe you don't for who's listening, but I think a lot of people know that at one time, lower downtown was not a place to go. There was nothing to go to, right? Having that field there has transformed not only lower downtown, but skyrocketed activity for our city. And I always tell people, you know, like they say, well, you produced this documentary. You didn't talk about what the team is doing right now. I'm like, well, this is about when Colorado went major league. I'm not talking. It's not a baseball movie. I'm not talking about where our team is right now. But I say to people, could you imagine Denver if we didn't have that at 20th and Blake? The Jackson's right across the street. That building was vacant forever. When stuff started coming out of the ground at 20th and Blake, it sold for $250,000. Can you believe it? That space. Look at how much is probably worth now. Millions and millions. So, I mean, you can't deny the economic impact and the ha- and the cultural and community coming together impact that baseball has brought to our city. I think it's so true. You know, it's interesting. So many people have moved here. I think what we do is we grow up wherever we came from, St. Louis, Chicago, you know, Western New York. And if you had something, you say, I want that. I want, you know, so it's, that's why we have so many fans show up when St. Louis plays or whatever they say. So, you know, in, in Colorado is one of those things where if you want hockey, you got to go get it. And I think baseball taught us that, right? If you want baseball, you go get it. If you want hockey, you go get it. And I think that's been, you know, and of course, I think everybody in Colorado is half glass full versus half empty. So we're all very, very positive about it. But um, yeah, it's been an amazing story. And, and a lot of other cities have followed us like San Diego and San Francisco, you know, by really coming in here and saying, wow, this really converted a part of town that might have been considered Skid Row at one time almost, you know, and really um, in dire need of, of some economic injection. And so that's what I think that's what Coors Field did for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's still we certainly still have problems and we always will have them in Denver. But I think if that had not happened, I can't imagine we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Right. We wouldn't. Well, thank you for your work on that, Kyle. I think it's educating a new generation of Coloradans. I am the mom of two young boys and and we are at Coors Field every two weeks, it feels. So this will be a good opportunity to teach them some history. And you know what? Um, Also, um, a lot of the people with whom I spoke with for this documentary who were a part of this back 30 years ago, they want this to be an inspiration for the what's next. Like saying, this is what we did. Yeah, it was awesome. What's the next thing that this next generation is going to do and the leaders here now are going to do to enhance Denver even more? Love that. Let's move to a new sport. Back to uh, the Nuggets. Let's talk about the NBA finals. And Richard, I'm going to ask you first. It seems like there was tremendous um, economic benefit to the Nuggets championship run um, this past year. Here at Common Sense, we did a basic estimate. The Nuggets made about $273 million last season across the 82 games played, or about $3 million a game. That was some of our internal analysis. But talk to me more broadly. Um, what do you think were some of the benefits of the Nuggets winning um, the championship game? 
Yeah, you know, I mentioned it a little earlier. I mean, obviously, you're talking about direct spending. You know, people are coming in. If you just look at an arena that's maybe 19, 20,000 um, seats, there's going to be, I'm just going to roughly say about a quarter of it are fans that are coming in to watch their teams, right? You've got people coming in from LA or from Miami. So if you just take, you know, roughly, you know, five to 7,000 people that are coming from out of state, that's a pretty good size. If I had a convention, that'd be a pretty good size convention. And if each person is spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars, that's without a ticket. And then some of these tickets are three hundred to thirty-three thousand dollars. That's the economic impact. But again, um, I you can't underestimate the fact of the exposure that it gives Denver. And um, you know, again, sports is is a is a good exposure. You know, with all the things that you look on the news today. Um, to see people coming together, pulling for a team. You know, I always love in hockey where they shake hands after, you know, when it's all over. But um, and then just the parade. I think the community pride that you get when you have a parade is something. When we did the uh, Avalanche Parade, you got to remember Denver was literally almost shut down for two years. And then when they won, we had 500,000 people come down that hadn't been downtown for a long time. And it really, um, you know, was an instigator. When when we uh, worked with the Rockies to book the All-Star Game, if you remember, our convention center was an alternate care facility hospital all the way up through May of 21. And then we did the All-Star Game in July of 21. So, you know, it, it we we that really got us kicked off uh, into opening up our city again. But just what that did to get people back out and and to to have that camaraderie and and part of the community was a, was a big plus for us as a, as a sporting event. I loved it, and I am one of those people who the day after the final, I was with my husband at seven thirty buying t shirts and hats and everything <laughs> that said world champion. So I'm one of those people <laughs> contributing to the economy. It was an exciting year. Go Nuggets. Um, I think we have to also, we can't have a, a conversation about tourism without talking a little bit more about Taylor Swift. So Richard, I, I am curious from, from your perspective, you know, CSI did an analysis, a few other you know organizations did some estimates, but again, from, from your perspective, um, what were some of the benefits of Taylor Swift's tour choosing Denver and, and being here two nights? Well, this was really kind of a phenomenal event. You know, I've been around for the DNC and and uh, all the all-star games and, you know, all that good stuff. This was really kind of a one of a kind. I have to say it was it's a little bit of a phenomena. But but the, the basic premise is there, you know, which is whether you're you have veterinary medical uh, association in which we did, whether you have Bandamere Speedway doing their mile high, you're, you're bringing people in all the time who are spending money in our economy, uh, enjoying our city, um, direct economic impact, and then indirect it, it ripple through all the way through the economy. I think, to, you know, again, this was a phenomenon, I have to say. I, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I, I'd never seen anything like it. But I've also seen a lot of big events at Mission Ballroom or or Ball Arena or that that have been doing this type of stuff. We just didn't talk about it a lot. And I think this is just a recognition that whether it's a convention business, whether it's tourists, whether it's uh, people coming for concert, people coming from sporting events, people coming here to dine or shop or whatever. These are big economic pluses for our community. 
And people want to come here. They want to come to Denver, right? They really do. So a lot of the entertainment spending and even some tourism spending, you know, to be fair, it it isn't a one-to-one boost, right, to the economy, because you could argue it drives out spending on other things. But still, just about every entertainment event and tourist attraction provides some economic benefit, like we've been talking about today, that the state wouldn't have enjoyed otherwise. So with that in mind, what should Colorado and Coloradans do to continue to grow the state's appeal? You know, I think there's always going to be some offsets, you know, I mean, and that's just, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, If I didn't spend the dollar there, I might have spent it somewhere else. We had a little bit of a struggle with our veterinary medical association. There were 8,000 people in town. That was hard for them. If they didn't get their room on time, it was hard to get a room over, uh, over Taylor Swift. But, you know, I think the one thing that we have to realize is that you can't take this for granted. Tourism is a large industry. A lot of people work in the industry. So you just can't take it for granted. There's a lot of competition. We saw that in COVID. We saw our mountain resorts doing really well. They were outdoor. People wanted to come here. Second and third homeowners went back up there to live. Well, but that's because you couldn't travel internationally and you couldn't travel to California and some of these other states. Today, we're back into a competition for these visitors. They have so many different places to go. They can go to, and we're seeing them going international. As we're opening up our flights, they are packed. So people have choices. So I just always like to say, let's not take it for granted. But I'm going to flip the coin real quick. I have to say this is, but we have to be reasonable about it. And and we have to think about it in sustainable ways, right? You know, our museums seem to be crowded. So what did we do? We did timed exhibits. Uh, Hanging Lake was too crowded, so they they permitted it. Rocky Mountain National Park, they permitted it. And that allows the visitor to have a good experience without overcrowding. So I think as we go forward, I just want to kind of, in my world, I leave the message with, let's not take it for granted because it's such a big piece of our economy. But on the other hand, let's be respectful of the industry and the community. And let's leave it, our community, better than what we found it, right? It's that old... If, if I was a hiker, remember when we always used to say, pack it in, pack it out, you kind of have to think about it that way as well, whether you're in a city or in a mountain community or in the four corners, let's respect what we have for the tourists and let's make it good for the community. I like that. That's a good reminder for everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. We don't want to take anything for granted because tourists have, have options, like you said, and I'm happy to hear those international flights are full. That, that's good. That's good for a lot of us. That's right. And, and and that's right. It's great for locals, right? The more international flights that we fill, people coming in, we have the great luxury of being able to go where we want to go. Yes. And I think we should be welcoming and friendly to everybody, right? <laughs> to make them want to keep coming back to us. That's our part. That's what I can do. <laughs> well, I've learned an incredible amount about Denver's history, Colorado's um, footprint when it comes to tourism and sports and recreation, and just so honored to have you both on. Would you like to have any closing remarks? Kyle, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap it up? I like what what Richard said, don't take it for granted. And I think it's good for me personally, I think for all of us, you know, if you have 58 minutes, I'm not plugging the documentary, but I'm. it's a good watch because it tells, let me say it this way. After my husband watched the first draft, he cried. He goes, this makes me proud to live in Colorado and to live in Denver. I am so proud to work around people who are determined, who are united to make 
our community better. So that's how you feel when you watch this. That's how I feel when I talk about it. You know, it's such a great story that is a true story about what the grit of Coloradans at the coming togetherness. We got to keep doing that to make our, you know, us appealing to tourism. We have to show we are a united community and great things will come. And I'm going to play on what Kyle said, because I totally agree with that. Yes, we can't take it for granted. But to your point, you know, I think about it, Secretary Pena, you know, he he helped on the baseball. He, you know, the old saying, didn't let a recession go to waste, right? Airport, convention center. I think Denver has a history of whether we're taking down the viaducts and, and we're fixing the floodplain and we're putting, uh, you know, uh, amusement park in lower downtown or whatever that is, um, moving Illich's, um, building ball arena, bringing the, the, the uh, all-star games here, bringing the teams here, you know, um, you know, when we got the avalanche, we all sat around with the playbooks in our hand and said, what's going on now? You know, we're all watching hockey for the first time, a lot of us. So I, I think this is an opportunity, especially for what this country has been through and what the city uh, in Denver and Colorado has been. We have to really think about our 3.0 or our 2.0 and the fact that pretty much everything that's been done in this city in the last, in, I think everything that's been done in the city has been done in the last 40 years, but it's been working together, great leadership, amazed at what gets done when no one takes credit. You know, that is something I think we should be proud of, and we should take what we learned at Coors Field and, and all these other things that we've done in this community, whether it's light rail or the airport or whatever, and build on that and say, what's next? And how SCFD, how do we do this again to get back and beyond where we were, you know, pre-COVID? That's excellent, Richard and Kyle. There's just something special about that Western spirit. And I love what I think it was you, Kyle, saying earlier. If it's not here, build it. Those are really inspirational words to me. Thank you both for joining us today on the Common Sense Digest podcast. We've learned a lot about the power of tourism in our state, in our great city of Denver. And if you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or rate us and leave a review. Until next time, go Nuggets and go Rockies. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Common Sense Digest. For more on today's topic, as well as our research on the most pressing public policy issues facing Colorado, please visit commonsenseinstituteco.org. The preceding episode, along with all others, is available on podcatchers everywhere or on our website under the podcast tab. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deft Communications. This has been a production of the Common Sense Institute.